Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. I love to watch Italians talk the entire body language. Maybe that's why I was struck by Carlo Spagnoli, who came to visit us in our studios a while ago. He's an Italian doctor who's been working most of his professional life treating the poor and the sick in Zambia, Eritrea, and most recently Zimbabwe. While he was talking, his hands were absolutely still. It was as if removed from the patients that he touched and treated every night and day, they didn't quite know what to do. We call today's morning story, Hands on Africa. In Africa, you almost never see the fathers at the bedside for AIDS children. Almost never. There are very few, unfortunately. Very few. Very often, mother and father are already dead. But when the, the parents are both alive, you don't see the father at the bedside. The family or the husband pays a dowry to the family or the wife. And then uh, the wife becomes a sort of property. And then the children become uh, even uh, uh, less respected than the wife. I've seen a lot of mothers dying uh, from uh, uh, trivial problems because they were considered as disposable, forced to be on the horseback for five hours before reaching the hospital. They're used to nothing, almost nothing. Too much, you know. There are such different realities. In a, a rich country like Italy, for example, like U.S., you are open-minded uh, culturally. You, you, know, you, you receive a lot of different information. You form your opinion. But you are still loaded with unnecessary needs. Then you go there in Africa and you see that uh, uh, people live without uh, running water, without electricity. It teaches you a good lesson about what is really a priority in life. They have a, a wonderful wife. She's a nurse and she's a Ugandan. I fell in love with her because I, I found in her many qualities eh, of, of the African women, which I admire greatly, you know. I never paid my dowry in cows, cows and goats. <laughs> but I helped the brothers to continue their studies in the secondary school, which were disrupted by the, the repression of the, of the regime. We met in the hospital in Gulu, in Uganda, and since then she was my, my support, my total support. We have three children. One of them is here in the States, the other two are still in Zimbabwe studying. And, uh, Definitely, without a wife like this, uh, I wouldn't have continued because, you know, I've seen many other couples uh, deciding to go, to move out. You feel impotent, uh, but uh, not defeatist. Government hospitals are rejecting the, the terminally ill patients from AIDS at the, at the door. They don't want them. But we have made a point to admit them, always. Maybe they will die the next hour, some of them in the stretcher when they are admitted. But at least we are giving them the chance not to be rejected. That is the final insult for a dying patient, to be rejected from the hospital, you see. To escort the patient to death in a proper way is already something when you don't have any other thing, you know. The patients don't ask miracles from you, particularly the Africans, you know. But they ask you to be human, to be a doctor, a professional doctor, and to be human, to share the suffering. You have to continue to work for the others. But at least you have to show compassion, you know. Compatire means uh, suffer with the patient, suffer with the family. Show that you feel their grief. 
Yeah, they are delicate souls, you know. Very delicate souls. Incredible, you know. Incredible. That was Carlos Spagnoli with today's morning story, Hands on Africa. I'm here in the studio, as always, with uh, Gary Mutt. That story was really a reminder of just how rich we are mm. here in the West. Mm. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. poor we are in stories about Africa. There's somebody else that we know who has a, a very close hands-on relationship with Zimbabwe. My old friend, Mark Grashow, a man like Carlo with his hands very much on Africa. He and his wife, Sherry, started a project a few years ago just to bring school supplies to the children in Zimbabwe that were being thrown out by schools and by institutions in the U.S. And I asked him just to update me three years into the program as uh, to how it's going. We have now shipped roughly 120,000 books, along with pencils, pens, art supplies, sewing machines, toys, clothing, sports equipment. And it's, it's been astounding. We, we have now established 35 libraries and 35 schools. 35 libraries. Hundreds of books where there were none. And now you'll see a math section, a science section, adult section, a children's section. So imagine now that you're, you're a student, let's say you're 11 years old, you're in your classroom, and a truck comes to your school. And on this truck are 50 boxes. The teachers run out. The students run out. They start to hand these boxes down. People unload them. They, they put them into one of the classrooms. And you ask the teacher, can I open this box? Can I see what's inside? Mm-hmm. Teacher says yes. So you open it up, and the box you happen to choose is a box of National Geographic. Mm. And for the first time in your life, you see what a whale looks like. Mm-hmm. You see what the rings of Saturn look like. You see what a big city looks like. You see how the heart works. You even see what Victoria Falls looks like, which Mm. is in Zimbabwe, but none of these kids have seen because they've never left their village. Imagine a kid for his first time in his life gets a box of crayons and can sit down and and draw pictures. It's a sense of future. It's, 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 It's an amazing thing that's going on. It's a total transformation. Will plus the tools. When I talk to the American kids, I say, how many of you are good basketball players? I said, suppose you never had a basketball. Money is a huge problem in Zimbabwe, especially now with the inflation rate. I went to one school and I said to the principal, how many kids in your school? And they said, well, last year there were 600, but this year there's only 500. A hundred kids could not come up with $10 in, the, in a year to go to school. Four years ago, you retired from 30 years of teaching in the public school system in New York and suffering from lower back pain, <laughs> sitting on the couch too long worrying. <laughs> Things have really changed, haven't they? Yeah. For me, it doesn't get better than this. It's really quite amazing. In Zimbabwe, they value education incredibly high. The kids will walk six miles to get to school, then they come every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a real commitment to their future, to their lives. They're, they're hungry for this change. So it's just it's nice to be an agent of that change. It's about as hands-on as you can get. We ship twice a year. It's $20,000 just to to ship. Basically, I'm hitting up all my friends. <laughs> ask the schools to raise about $300 each. Right. Yeah. Some do, some don't, but, you know. I feel incredibly lucky, you know, to seem to have fallen into this thing. I don't know what to tell you. Thank you kids will walk into a classroom and think. 
goes a very, very long way. I mean, it's, uh, that's the lesson for me. And uh, probably also the best occasion to thank uh, Ipswich for helping us, as they have uh, pretty much since we got started as a podcast. Ipswich, a leader in file transfer software, ipswitch.com. Check our website at wgbh.org slash morningstories and stay in touch. Morning Stories at wgbh.org. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. We do have a website. <laughs> it's called childrensfellowship.org. Uh-huh. Childrensfellowship.org. Yeah, Zimbabwe is having a, an incredibly difficult time. I know. And they need I a know. lot of help. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Okay. Thank you, Tony. Take care. See you soon, I hope. Okay, I'm sure. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah.